of course, revenue is important, but I kind of feel that if I support the people, then the revenue is going to come because I'm supporting them to be successful and to reach their goals. Have you considered investing in a franchise or running one yourself? Are you searching for information to help you make the best decision possible for your future? Have you ever worried about whether the information you're finding has your best interests in mind? Welcome to the Franchise Rising Podcast. In this show, we bring on experts, franchisees, and selective franchisors to share strategies, stories, and expert advice to help women like you along your franchise journey. The information on this show is not intended as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy a franchise and is for information purposes only. I'm your host, Erin Carpenter. Let's get going with today's show. All right, welcome back everyone to another episode of the Franchise Rising Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. I am thrilled to bring on a brand new guest today. And this guest is extra special, uh, Lori Spivak, the master franchisor for the US of Goodbye Graffiti. Okay, and Goodbye Graffiti USA happens to be a sponsor of Franchise Rising. So we're really thrilled to have this brand uh, be a part of the Franchise Rising family. Uh, we're, you know, we're really selective about the brands with which we join, uh, you know, to, to present to you as potential brands and potential fits for you as you, as you explore what might work for you if you're considering joining a franchise. And during this episode, we're going to talk to Lori and we're going to really dig into what it means to be a franchisee. Uh, of Goodbye Graffiti, among other things. Lori, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here. Great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm, I'm really excited to have you on the show. Lori, will you get started by telling us a little bit about yourself, yourself as a businesswoman, how you um, decided to join up with Goodbye Graffiti and, and what this journey has looked like for you up until this point? Sure. Thank you. Well, we have to go back about 16 years. Uh, way back then, I was, uh, I was a mom of two school-age kids. And when my, I stayed home with my kids, uh, but I wanted to get back into the workforce and contribute financially to my family. So I waited until my youngest was in kindergarten. And uh, and then I started looking for things to do. Um, I had a cousin in Vancouver, British Columbia, who is the founder of Goodbye Graffiti in Canada. And we spoke and he said, I will give you a license to start a Goodbye Graffiti in Seattle since he wasn't franchising in the United States. That was the arrangement that we made. He has franchises across Canada currently. So I started my Goodbye Graffiti, me and a technician, and we've grown since. We've moved twice, and we are currently in a very large 5,000 square foot space with a big shop and office space and room to grow. So then, Working on Goodbye Graffiti uh, about two years ago, I got into a program through Goldman Sachs and 
Babson College called 10,000 Small Businesses, which I recommend to any small business owner to look into. It's basically a condensed master's program in business. And I went through the program, and one of the things that I decided to do was to talk to the founder about franchising across the U.S. because there was nobody he was talking to who was going to do it. And I thought, well, I can do it. So that's what I did. We've made all of our, our contracts and got everything set up to be a franchisor in the United States. And here I am. Wow. How exciting. Congratulations. And fantastic for you. Fantastic of you to take that kind of initiative. I actually have heard of that program. So it's exciting to hear about someone who's actually gone through it. Yeah. And, and, and praises it. And what I love about your story, which is similar to the story of some of our other guests, is a lot of us women, uh, parents, you know, some, some who have kids, some who have not, but I'm speaking to the ones with young kids, we do find ourselves in that space of wanting to do something for ourselves. You know, it's, it's part of our journey. We spend our time and pour our heart and our souls into our kids as we should. And at the same time, there's that other slice of us that really wants to progress professionally for many reasons. And that's one of the things that I've come to love, love about franchising is it can present a unique opportunity to really quickly step into the role of business ownership uh, as an entrepreneur, of course, without starting from scratch. And your youngest was in kindergarten, you stepped in and plugged in and, and here you are now taken over as a master franchisor for the US. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's really exciting. And what a great example to set for your kids as well. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Now, when, I, when, you, when you spoke with your cousin way back, when he offered to give you a license for the U.S., did, at that point, did you, did you look at any other brands? No, I didn't really consider that I was shopping for a franchise. Mm. I saw the opportunity right away. And I just grabbed it because I knew that there was a lot of potential in Seattle, but I also saw as I started working in it, how many opportunities there were. Just from the point of going around the city looking for graffiti, but then I started looking at it in a different way in terms of what is the graffiti on and where can those assets lead me. Okay, so when you evaluated the opportunity, it sounds like you, you went and you, you put your foot on the ground, wheels on the ground, and you took a look around the city and you saw that there were opportunities for graffiti removal, right? Yeah. So it showed, showed you that there was a market, potentially a market for it. Yeah. Was there anything else about the opportunity that, that seemed promising to you? The potential was that I could make money for my family, and that was really important to me because that was my goal was to contribute financially to my family. Also, uh, the idea of being an employer was very motivating to me. The, the idea that I could create a job for somebody that, that is challenging and satisfying and that I could help to increase somebody's quality of life was very motivating to me. And that's actually continued. The idea is still with me as a franchisor. I just would have more 
influence that way on a bigger scale because my franchisees would be hiring people. Right. And so we would all together be creating really great opportunities for people to have good living. So there's, there's really a multiplier effect when you're able to sit as a franchisor and, and influence even more people exactly. in, in that regard. That's exactly. great. No, I love, I love, I love that you're walking into this with that, with that perspective. And, and I know that we're going to get to the unique aspects of your leadership a little bit down the road, because mm-hmm. we've talked about that a little bit uh, offline, which I appreciate as well. So we'll get to that. All right. So let's, let's dive in a little bit to this brand, because I know a lot of our listeners are curious. Uh, the, the Goodbye Graffiti brand, this is, this is a little different than some of the, the traditional brands that we, we may have had on, on the show or what people would classically think as a brand that was designated for a mom or a woman or a corporate, you know, someone coming out of corporate. So that's what I love about this is that you're really bringing a unique aspect area, a unique brand to the table and something that just shows that it doesn't matter. We don't have to have our brands fit into you know, the classic um, stereotypes in order for it to be a successful one for us. So tell us about Goodbye Graffiti. Well, Goodbye Graffiti is a service business. We remove graffiti. We're specialists in graffiti removal. Some of the things that we are able to offer our franchisees are proprietary removal products and methods. Also, we have very high environmental and safety standards. Um, We have our own software for our franchisees. It's a business that uh, someone could start at home and then as the business grows, then move out. But you would set your foundation at home uh, and so that could keep your costs down as well. We earn our money two different ways. Uh, One way is through just small contracts that we find we find the work in a multitude of ways that uh, I, I can talk about later if you want. Mm-hmm. But the other piece is what we call our reoccurring monthly income. And that's in the form of a maintenance program that we call Everclean. So simply put, the pro- we put the property on a route. The route gets patrolled every week. We remove whatever graffiti is there. We charge our customer a flat monthly fee and we bill them three months in advance. We bill them at the end of the month. So at the beginning of the month, you can look at your books and see, oh, I'm going to be billing out this much at the end of the month. And it's great for your goal setting. It's also great for planning expansion and increasing your, increasing your, your employees, your employee pool and basically general growth of the business. Our customers are commercial customers. They are primarily property managers. And also we work with property owners, facilities personnel, and government as well. Uh, Approximately 20% of our business comes from government contracts. Hmm. How do you even begin to build the business and, and, and market to these customers and get them as recurring, as recurring customers, recurring members. One of the things that I do in the training is I have a program I've developed called Initiation Launch, and it's a quick start marketing program. 
So we, I sit down with my franchisee and I've done some research beforehand and also my franchisee has, has done so as well to get a better feel for their local market. We identify the stakeholders. The stakeholders may be different than what you would expect. And then we set a three month marketing plan to get the franchisee in front of these people so they can begin to develop relationships. It's a relationship building business. It's for long-term relationships. I've had um, my very first ever clean maintenance program that I got 15 and a half years ago, almost 16 years ago. I still have that customer. I still wow. have that account. And I'm their, Goodbye Graffiti is their go-to. Um, so one of the things that, that happens, that has happened is we've built the business is we get call-ins. So besides going out and looking for work, we've built relationships so that people just call us when they get the graffiti. So 40 times a month, we get calls. I have graffiti, go take care of it. And we've worked building those relationships to get to that point. And that's something that that is part of the business model that that I encourage and I and I work with my franchisees to develop that. So as part of that flat fee, do they pay the same fee whether they have a need one time a month or 40 times a month? Well, we we come every week and remove what's ever there. So basically they're paying us to keep the graffiti off their properties and we work on pricing it so it's fair pricing so that we're not losing our shirts and they're not losing their shirts. But the model is really, uh, you wanna focus on the, on the group and not each individual account so much because you're earning, you're earning revenue on a group of businesses. So you wanna focus on multiple accounts at once? Is that what you mean when you say focus on the group? No, what I mean is, is that sometimes you're going to, uh, and this is part of the relationship building. So if there's an organization that's a nonprofit, I'm going to give them a discount because I know that, they're, that their focus is not on making money. It's more on continuing their, their cause or their mission. So I support them that way. So I might have 10 accounts that are from organizations like that, and I don't expect to, my profit margin is either zero or very low. So I, I know that, so I can make that up in other ways. And that's what I mean by looking at it as a group. Okay, I see, I see. So it's looking at the accounts collectively. Yes. As opposed to just one, okay. So I'm really curious, as a franchisee, as owner of one of these franchises, what are the expectations of me personally in terms of cleaning up this graffiti? I mean, I have these pictures of, or there's these images of me standing on a ladder and with a big spray gun. I, I don't, what, is the, what does this look like? What, am I going to have to roll up my sleeves and do it? If you have tendencies towards that, then I would say that would be a good place to start. The skill set that of of the 
starting organization, and I'm not saying the franchisee, but the org starting organization is we're going to need some technical abilities. We're also going to need some sales abilities. And then all the administrative can, that's kind of ancillary because the sales and the execution are the two main things. I don't like getting my hands dirty. So <laughs> I started, I hired a technician. And it was a bit of a juggling act at the beginning, but I just trusted that that I was going to make it. And I had work for my my technician. It's very motivating when you know that you're responsible for somebody's well-being to get the work on the board. And it just becomes easier and easier. So if you want to be the technician and then hire somebody to be the salesperson, or if you want to start by doing both, uh, there's no specific recipe that I require. Uh, some franchises would require a specific number of employees to get started, but I don't. I also know that if you started with another employee that your business, you'd have the opportunity to build your business quicker. So yeah, so I hired somebody, uh, I got him trained and I managed him and I did the sales. That's what I did to okay. start. All right. That's great. What kinds of, what are the, these property managers and building owners and facilities managers, what are they doing before graffiti, absent goodbye graffiti to, to clean it up? What are their op alternatives? They may have janitors or handymen who do it for them. Uh, they might do it themselves. Um, there may be another pressure washing company that also does graffiti removal in the area. There might be another graffiti removal company in the area. However, none of those people can touch us because of the technology that we have, the systems that we have in place, the revenue creating uh, systems that we have, and also the different ways that we can find work. They don't have that. So all that is was built into the model. Um, and we also, as far as techni technically, we are able to offer 100% removal with zero damage to your building. There's nobody else out there who can do that on a consistent yeah. basis. Yeah, no, that's really compelling. I can see how it's a unique opportunity. And especially just with the monthly, the monthly model, it, it seems... Is that would it would really reduce the friction on the on the part of the property managers? I'm speaking to the property managers, but building owners who are dealing with tons and tons of vendors on a regular basis to make oh, this yeah. just, make this just an automatic transaction transaction that they don't have to think about right. has to be a huge win. Then yeah, basically it's our problem now. Right. Um, we also have a component not to getting too much into the weeds, but there's an an unlimited on call. So the spirit of that is if maybe the resident manager comes out and sees there's graffiti, he or she can call it in and we'll take care of it before our next patrol because we don't want it sitting there collecting more graffiti. How big of, uh, how do I know which areas would be best, um, best suited for this kind of model, for this kind of systems? I mean, the ones that are prone to graffiti, so to speak. Right. Well, urban areas, definitely urban areas and also suburban areas surrounding them. The okay. denser the area in terms of population and commercial proper, commercial businesses, 
the more the likelihood of graffiti. So that's part of the way I determine my territories. I look at other things as well. However, the density is and the commercial properties and businesses are the main thing that I look at to create the territories, which we're talking about territories now. My territories, uh, my commitment is to provide generous territories where people can uh, meet their potential. I'm not interested in having 10,000 goodbye graffitis in the United States. There's going to be a limited number and I want all of my franchisees to have the opportunities to reach their, their professional and personal goals. So I make that, I don't wanna say easier, but I make, that, I make that more possible by the size of the territories that I, that I provide. And that's, I mean, that, that's a really good thought. I mean, it's honestly something that I hadn't considered when thinking about these other brands. I, I'm sure there are a lot of brands that slice and dice really small territories so that they can have a big volume of franchisees, but it limits the, it can also limit the potential of each franchisee by doing Correct. so. Correct. One of the things yeah. that I've learned about franchising is that so there's so in franchising in order to start your franchise you pay a franchise fee and then you pay royalties based on your revenue so if there's a franchise brand that's making their money from franchise fees that's not sustainable that also creates a scenario where they have to keep selling franchisees in order to stay aboard stay profitable that's not a successful model. I don't use the franchise fees to run the business. The, rev, the excuse me, the royalties run the business and that's how um, a successful franchise ought to work. Right, now that's smart. You're looking, you're really more invested in the long-term p potential as opposed yeah. to the initial transaction for, yeah. for franchisees. Mm -hmm. um, What's, what's a good indicator in general, in your opinion, of brands that think that way? How, how would I know going into this? Well, one of the things you can look at is currently the number of franchises. And it also has to do with the type of franchise. So, for instance, a service franchise is different than a restaurant franchise or uh, professional services because they create their territories in, a diff in different ways. For instance, with a restaurant, you can't really have a protected territory because anybody can go to your restaurant. There's no restrictions that are created for who can go, even if there's the same franchise two blocks away. Uh, so from, from that standpoint, that's not a benefit to the franchisee. Also, the rate in which the uh, franchisor is bringing on franchises, and you can look at their at their financials and your their financials will give you an indication of where their money's coming from is it is are the royalties supporting the organization or are the franchise fees supporting the organization because the franchise fees ought to just be for to bring the franchisees aboard and to train them and that's all that money should be used for smart thanks for that that advice mm -hmm. All right, so I am considering joining a franchise. 
and and potentially good by graffiti. How do I know if I'm a good fit? One of the things that we're looking for is we're looking for executives. And I don't mean you have to have been an executive technically, but it's an executive model. So what that means is as you develop your business, you're moving away from the day-to-day things. So you may start as the technician, you may start as the person doing all the sales, but you're going to build your business and you're going to replicate yourself in those roles. Otherwise, you won't be able to build your business. You'll be stuck doing a role in the business. So I'm looking for people who have that ability to manage people, people who are good employers or good and good communicators. Because like I said, for me, I focus on my employees and my employees focus on my customers. I'm also looking for people who see the opportunity, obviously, um, who uh, are creative thinkers in terms of looking at what's out there and to be able to, to find opportunities. Because there's, oppor- there's so many opportunities, but if you only think in terms of, okay, I can only talk to property managers, then you're missing out on a lot of, of business that can be there. So people who can lead and manage, people who are good communicators, people who are creative thinkers in terms of looking for the opportunities. Those are some of the main things. Of course, I need people who can follow the program because the program works. And so they need to trust that, that if they follow the program, that they'll have success as well. But culture is a big thing for me. I come from a, a culture where trusting in other people's abilities is, is important and also supporting people is important. And that's one of the things that I bring into, into my business, that my, one of my goals is to allow people to reach their potential and support them as they do that. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a bean counter. I'm not, of course, revenue is important, but I kind of feel that if I support the people, then the revenue is going to come because I'm supporting them to be successful and to reach their goals. And that's the culture that I'm creating. And I'm looking for people who will embrace that culture and create that type of culture in their operation. Fantastic. I, I firmly believe that the companies that focused on culture and brand are the ones that are really going to win in the current, current uh, state of business and beyond. Yeah. I've always thought that it doesn't really matter what I'm selling. Like I could be, you know, selling widgets, but it doesn't matter if, if my, uh, the bones and the muscles of my organization are weak. So that's the thing that I, that I focus on and having an executive franchisee with that mindset will allow you to move to be in that position so that you can be working on your business instead of constantly being in the business on a day-to-day basis and not to be able to build from the inside out. Now that's, that's great. Thank you. So what am I in it? What are some of the costs currently that I can expect as a, as a franchisee for Goodbye Graffiti? So in terms of getting started, uh, there's an investment range of 
uh, 72,000 to 95,000. And those are assuming that your large, at, your large uh, equipment fees are being financed, which the majority of franchisees finance their, their equipment costs. And that includes the training. It includes a startup kit of approximately one year's worth of removal products and uniforms and marketing materials. And then also if you're starting your business in your home, you have less overhead and you have less startup costs. Some of the things you probably already own as, uh, as a professional, for instance, just your office equipment, you probably already have that. And those sorts of things are really easy to acquire. That's it. Less than okay. $100,000. Okay. And so it sounds like that includes the franchise fee. Yes. Right. So the franchise yes. fee as well as startup kit and, and how much it would cost, assuming you're going to finance, right. finance your equipment. The, right. the franchise fee is 45000 but I oh. have a 25% discount for military and first responders. All right. That's, that's great. Good to know. Good to know for sure. All right. Thank you. Well, this has been really, really helpful uh, to understand. It's been really enlightening to learn more about Goodbye Graffiti and bring this story to our listeners. Uh, I'd like to end with just a couple of questions, Lori. Uh, first, what is the best business advice that you've ever received? Well, I've kind of been, been hawking this idea already, which is to put your customers first. Do what it takes to keep them happy, but also being true to what your, what your mission is and what your business goals are. Also, it's okay to fire a customer. <laughs> there you go. That's a good one. I like it. Um, not something you want to do a lot, but, you know, if you can't please someone, then yeah. they're welcome to go somewhere else. You know, some some people are like that and it's okay. Yeah, that's what they say about one bad apple, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> bad, bad apple can spoil the bunch. So you yeah, know, you want to yeah. keep the health of the or overall organization and portfolio of customers. Focus on that. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. What advice would you give personally to another woman looking to buy a franchise? So for me, from, from just superficially, this may not be uh, the type of idea or brand or concept that would be a brand that women love, but because it's a service business, because um, the, I do work with women, the majority of people who I work with and my staff are, are men, and it's kind of a gritty, you know, a, a gritty kind of business. However, there's a lot of things about Goodbye Graffiti that, and any business, because it's what you make it. So um, I've explained where I'm coming from and the kind of organization that I'm building. And what I would recommend is for people who are looking for to become franchisees is to really look at who they're going to be working with for the next seven to 10 years. Do you fit in with the culture? Because business is business. It really, basically businesses are the same. It's just what you're, what you're doing and the people you're working with and how the organization, uh, how the organization moves. So 
I would say to really make sure that, that it's a good fit for you so that you know that you can position yourself in the organization to uh, have good interactions and good, uh, good outcomes. That's great advice. And this is one of the reasons, honestly, that we decided to bring Goodbye, partner up with Goodbye Graffiti with Franchise Rising is, is when I spoke with you initially, Lori, and I heard how important it is for you to adhere to core values. That's something that's also true to my heart is businesses that are focused on ethics and value and really, uh, you know, getting at the, what, what, at the heart of what it means to own and run a business successfully. And then the other thing that, that resonates with, with me personally that I've actually transferred into my businesses is the idea that people need to be able to open their minds and accept that whatever they may, uh, you know, perspectives may change. They need to be willing to grow and think differently than they may have before. So you said even though it may not fit into the traditionally the brands women love, this is an opportunity for us all to open our minds and, and change the script about how we think about business and instead decide, hey, this is a brand woman, women love, right? And it's just, just like anything, it's about the way you, it, it's about the lens that we put on in, in, in life, in business, in everything. So we can, we can make a decision either way um, about an outcome or about how we see things. And it's up to us personally to decide that. So, so thanks for providing that perspective. Yeah. And we are so thrilled to have you, have you aboard and have you on the show, all of the above. And for the listeners and anyone else, where can they find you, Lori, and learn more about Goodbye Graffiti aside from on Franchise Rising's website? Uh, well, go to goodbyegraffitiusa.com. Okay. And just a little word of warning, because I don't want people to get confused. There's the goodbyegraffiti.com, which is the Canadian organization. If you do end up on their website, you can still get to ours. There's places that you can click on to get to the United States. But we are Goodbye Graffiti USA. Okay, yeah, it's a, good to point that out, and I will add that in the excuse me in the show notes as well. Contact Lori, let her know that you heard uh, you heard her on Franchise Rising, and uh, she'll take care of you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank Lori, you. thank you so much for everything. You have a, an amazing day. Thank you, Erin. You All too. Right. Take okay. care. Bye. I know that time is one of the precious things you don't get back. And I really appreciate you taking your time to listen to the Franchise Rising podcast. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you're listening to the show. If you'd like to hear more, hit subscribe. Or if you don't know how to subscribe, just go to FranchiseRising.com slash subscribe and we'll guide you to the right place there. Until next time, have a great week.